Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb, and me, Robbie. And this week, episode 22, and it's a continuation from last week's podcast, which was on R.L. Stein's Fear Street Netflix adaptation. Last week was 1994. This week, we delve into 1978. So if you uh, missed last week's episode, then it might be worth going and checking it out just to catch up um, and just to get up to speed with it. And as always, if you uh, if you enjoy the show, you know, hit the like and subscribe button so you can get the episode straight away. Um, yeah, so in this episode, we will be tending to go into kind of in-depth with yeah. the film a little bit, you know, talking through scenes. With this kind of film, there's not really much way we can talk about it without kind of delving into the horror it's a horror podcast it's hard to it's hard to tiptoe around yeah. the horror so um if you haven't watched it and you don't want anything spoiled go and watch it and then come back <laughs> yeah um so should we just get straight into it yeah let's just let's go for it. it no holds barred <laughs> um so if you listened to us last week uh and if you've been keeping up, then you'll know that Fear Street is a um, three-part R.L. Stein adaptation uh, that was originally shot in, I believe, 2019. Yeah. Kind of around 2019. and was due for a release then. Um, and then it was, you know, potentially uh, a theatrical release. However, due to the ongoing COVID pandemic, that was kind of scrapped. And instead, it's been released as a three-part um, special series. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a, uh, I mean, it was also around the time we had Disney buying uh, Fox, and Fox, yeah. it was made by Fox, so we've got to assume that probably plays a little bit of part in it, because Disney's probably like, yeah, no, this doesn't really match our brand, <laughs> even for the older stuff, it's like, yeah, let's 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 sell this to someone else, you can make it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, um, one interesting thing is that these were all shot at the same time so something that i've kind of personally enjoyed about it is it's got a lot of consistency it's directed by um lee Leigh janik or lay janik lee janik maybe yeah. um and it's kind of written by the same people and it's produced by the same people so it's very consistent in it it's yeah. kind of you know you can, its quality you can kind of see that it was mapped out as this like major part and i think almost in a way i kind of feel like kind of it chapter one chapter two inspiration that they wanted to play and obviously they had the source material to go off of which is good to help them kind of plan out but it's nice then we get this kind of consistency and also we know that we're getting all the film there's nothing worse than getting part one of something and being like maybe we'll get part two if it does well enough or you know there's plenty of situation where we've had a really part that like maybe some people didn't like but some people loved and then you never get the next part of that film and you're forever like well that part was (laughs) i thought was good fantastic we're never gonna get part two it's like if we had it chapter one and it never failed yeah like we never would have got the second part of the book it would have been so bad um Uh, so it's great but the so just to kind of get straight into it the you know um 1978 and this is something that i wasn't sure how they'd connect the stories together yeah. uh, but it picks up directly where 1994 finished um so uh Which dina is, yeah and josh have restrained sam who is now kind of possessed by this spirit of sarah fear or whatever's kind cray. of going on she gone cray <laughs> um and they travel to see berman's house uh for help and they're kind of initially reluctant, but eventually Berman allows them inside and kind of tells them yeah. the story. She's so, more worried about her dog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she which I understand. Pets first, protect yeah. them. Um, but yeah, it's. I think last week this was one of our major things that came up last week was we were really a bit like, how are they going to go about about this? And it is the way that I wanted it to be, yeah. which was directly connected. But because if you like, if you'd watched other things for it and the trainers, it didn't really make it clear that they were connected and then like in not yeah not way. In, in this kind of in way. this way. So it's nice that we pick up where we're literally like straight away. As soon as we got to part two, I was like, this will be great to just marathon all three. I bet yeah to see that complete picture as one. So it's really nice when we get that at the, at the start that we get this nice connectivity. But it doesn't take too long. It introduces us to C. Bergman, Berman. I keep you say Bergman, I, keep don't Bergman. You? I don't know why. I thought it was Bergman. Um, C. Berman. Um, we can tell that she's reluctant. Something's happened. She's related to something that happened at the camp. And we don't really know much else apart from that. And as we kind of delve in now into 1978, that kind of becomes a big question throughout the film is who is 
see Berman. Yeah. Because there's more than one Berman sister. We do. It's we, kind of like, who is it? We follow, you know, we follow type kind of two sisters, um, Siggy Berman and Cindy Berman. Um, and I think overall, just kind of going f- to kind of talk about the, the film as a general, I found that this one was a lot more consistent with its kind of pacing. Uh, if you listen to the first episode, you know that particularly for me, I thought that, um, you know, 1994, I thought that it opened relatively strong and then it had kind of a massive lull until the end. Yeah. Whereas this one, it, it seems to definitely take its kind of time a bit more. Um, we, 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 I mean, we get our first kill at about the 40 minute mark, maybe. Um, yeah, it's it's an interest. It's interesting because I feel like, like you said, the other one in a very scream fashion, 1994 built with this big, opening this big killer opening yeah. kind of thing and kind of pulled the rug from under us by revealing the killer straight away and like what we might have expected but the prop the slight problem that came with that was we had a big kill at the beginning and then it felt like a really slow decline to get anywhere and that's not even something we tend to get like screen films even that they, they establish themselves yeah and then they kind of build but we still get kills kind of throughout, but the last one kind of felt like a lot of explanation, a lot of world setting, which yeah. I understand, world building and things like that. But this one felt like, I don't know, that I preferred the setting. I kind of, uh, whereas the last one felt scream-ish, yeah. this one felt full on Friday the 13th homage, but if honestly, probably with better character development. <laughs> yeah, you this know, is definitely it, does. This was like, I'd actually like, if, if this were, if Jason was added into this, this would probably be one of the best Friday the 13th films. <laughs> yeah. Because it would just be, if we added that extra zaziness, it is literally just yeah. all of the, like, it, the only thing I'd possibly say between the two is that, like, as we build to this later, but the kills... Some of them were more gruesome, weirdly, in the first one, whereas I'd say Friday the 13th is more known for gruesome yeah. kills than Scream is. Screams are a bit more tame and knife-like, whereas yeah. the first one had quite some, as we it, talked about, Kate's death was brutal, more brutal than even anything we get in this part. But still, yeah, this one just, as the story goes along, we really do, it, it builds to a nice level that when the kills are coming, they're coming thick and fast, whereas we kept getting in the first one these bits where it's like, a kill! And now we're going to talk about it for 20 minutes and a kill and then yeah. a couple of kills. And then, and then suddenly we've got a couple of quick kills and it just felt scattered. Yeah. I think in the first one, whereas this one feels like a contained film more. Definitely. Like, though it's telling a story that's part of part two, it feels more like a contained, like if you cut off the start and the end of this, it's 1978. It's basically Friday the 13th. Homage you you could perfect. just give it a different yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just go give a shout out to home of Halloween quickly um, because I put something up on our social media. Uh, if, if you don't follow us, it's at CMTH podcast. Um, and I put out about Twitter kind of getting some thoughts um, and home of Halloween kind of agreed that, it, you know, had heavy, you know, Friday the 13th vibes. But this is what something I didn't know, so I've got to give a shout out to them. But it was actually shared a set with Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Is that Jason Lives? Jason Lives. So apparently they used the same camp. Yeah, that you they see, did with Jason Lives. You see, I read that as well. Um, although today I saw something that says that that's now been proven incorrect. Oh, so <laughs> and I still have not double checked that. So the sources have not been checked. But I read today. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to read the whole article properly, but it said that they've now fact-checked that from t- several sources and said that that's incorrect. Oh, it? So it wasn't we... actually, but it might be because that other source <laughs> might be incorrect. But I just thought that, I just yeah. want to throw that in a bit of divisiveness. So let's go and find out. Maybe for the next episode, we'll know the, Hopefully. the true answer to this question um, uh, because that's a really cool... I kind of hope it is true because that's a cool little... like, yeah. And it looks perfect. Like, does, the sets look perfectly. The costume design... The set, it all is just yeah, it's all straight fairly, away. It's like yeah, you love Friday the Thirteenth. Like, you're Friday. like a bit like big, big Friday the Thirteenth fan. I love the I genuinely the eighties vibe is you know I I love all of that you know yeah. And the, the costume design in this was was awesome. I think you had a lot of you know high waisted shorts. Yeah, you had a lot of cut off like sleeves, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just think generally the characters that we get in this 
are a lot more interesting. So obviously we, we have some kind of recurring characters. We get Nick Goodman, who's obviously the um, who's the camp, sh- who's not the camp sheriff, he's the sh- town <laughs> he's sheriff. He's the sheriff in 1994, yeah. yeah, which I didn't actually, you didn't like, I, that, I did didn't you? recognize any of the characters like coming back at first. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's, you know, he's, uh, we get to see him as a younger character. We get, and I think we get some good development with him as he kind of talks that his, his dad was a sheriff and died. And yeah. it's kind of his destiny to become the town sheriff and to become this kind of person. Um, we still get this divisiveness between the towns. So we get Sunnyvale and Shadyside. Mm. They have this thing called a colour war, um, which obviously in the UK, we don't get any any you know summer camps, camps or, summer or, camps like, or anything like that not, that, not oh, like that level, no, definitely not <laughs> um so i don't know if those things existed so i can't say yeah. but, it, but overall it did have that kind of yeah. f13 summer camp vibe and yeah. the car i just think the characters in general seemed a bit more fleshed out they, they definitely did i mean like uh, like well all I can think about is that camp thing now. In in the UK, our our family have to spend time together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, like, yeah, we get the we get the mayor character as well, who's Nick brother. Yes, yeah, Zach. Um, Zach. Is yeah. Is that yeah? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go yeah, with Zach. Zach. Kurt. Um, <laughs> Kurt. Kurt, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we well, should probably well, our yeah. fact check is rubbish today. Yeah. Um, Nick Good, yeah, Nick Good in the future and in the past, and then we've got uh, we've got Will. It's Will, Will. so it's yeah. not so Kurt, the yeah. main kind of yeah, Will, young Will, and obviously we had Mayor Will who appears on like the t- the appearance in this one is he appears on like the TV on an advert, like a really yeah. cheesy mayoral advert, which kind of gives the idea that Nick might be also got his job partially because he's the brother of the mayor. And yeah, they're all kind of. Is there a little cover-up going on? Because in the first one, we're like, mm, we yeah, we, we were a bit like, oh, are they asking questions? Are they not? But like, it's obvious now that there is a big cover-up of yeah. anything that's kind of happened, trying to keep it on the down low. Well, obviously, the, you know, so the film opens up with kind of Ziggy, who's supposed to be this kind of a bit of an outsider, and you know, she's she just she's shady side through and through, yeah. Um, and she's being chased through the woods by these kind of bullies who accuse her of stealing. And then they hang her, you know, they hang her up by the arms, you know. Yeah. I'd say they're going to burn her and stuff and like that. they burn one of her arms. They burn one of her arms. Yeah. That is a proper dick. It's proper, quite like violent dickish route. Yeah. Like they are, they are proper assholes. Um, Sheila especially comes across as just like, you're just like, oh, when's she going to die? Kind of yeah. You're, <laughs> like kind of you're, kind of, you're kind of rubbing your hat and like thinking, oh, are these people going to get a proper beating later? Yeah. Like any Friday the 13th film, those characters would be completely like fucked up. Yeah. But this is not, a, it's not exactly a Friday the 13th no. film. It does have a lot of unpredictable bits, which I really liked. Uh, yeah. Um, and one thing that I, um, sorry to cut you off, Eves, yeah, cool. but one thing that <laughs> I, um, not cool. I'll be be strangled in like five minutes. Um, One thing that I I kind of thought was really cool was in the 1994, we're introduced to the Ruby Lane character. Yeah. And in this, uh, after Ziggy gets this burn, uh, she goes and she sees uh, Nurse Lane, who is um, Ruby's mother. And you can see that Nurse Lane's clearly traumatized by this and has been researching into what happens because she's saying, you know, how does like somebody so sweet and with dreams kind of just ki- you know just kill like seven that. people yeah. and then kill herself or you know end up getting killed and it's kind of, and it's really interesting to see her kind of role within this and and how it's kind of fleshed out i think yeah. on repeated think watches it's definitely something definitely as the film goes on i think it will like as the film goes on and we start to learn like more it was like oh actually well, at first seemed a little bit like, uh, oh, okay, where are we going with this kind of thing? Like, that's her mother, where we're we kind of building with this. By the end of this one, we're like, that was a good little, like, tease. Because they kind of, we're kind of teased to an adventure that they're kind of, there's a little bit of an adventure they're going to go on kind of thing with yeah. a couple of characters. And a few, of, a few of the characters in this do get a bit of, um, quite a lot of character development. Yeah. So we get, we get the two sisters who are kind of, um, kind of juxtapositions to each other. So you have Ziggy, who kind of embraces that she's from Shady Side, and is kind of like I don't want to say like a dirty grub, <laughs> but it kind of is. You know, um, I just want to go with more like tomboy that we kind of no. Kind of I was, like <laughs> I would say that because she embraces that she's kind of from from well, Shady Side, Ziggy. you know, Ziggy, <laughs> yeah. Ziggy. And then you have um, you have a her sister Cindy. 
who is kind of trying to get away from that and trying to escape the town. And She's trying to be... Yeah, trying to be... Shady side. Trying to be shady side. And That's she has shade. she has her boyfriend, Tommy Slater, who I thought was a really cool character. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I... I kind of get why they did it in 1994 when you have the character of Ryan just suddenly kill someone. Hmm. And then, you know, he gets shot and he's kind of still about. But with Tommy Slater, because, you know, there's a great scene that I really enjoyed where the uh, Cindy and Tommy are kind of the cleaning, you know, the mess hall. They're getting ready for this color war. Um, and Nurse Lane comes in and she's really disturbed and she's holding a knife and she says, like, you know, either way tommy you're dying tonight and then she attacks him yeah that was and a really cool scene yeah and you we're kind of thinking all right like what's going on here and then and then after that tommy you can see tommy starts kind of deteriorating and he starts hearing these voices and he starts becoming distracted yeah um but the reason why i kind of like that scene particularly is because just before that we get introduced to alice and arnie who are these kind of like, you know, they're the stoner characters. Yeah. They're very shady. You expect to be just the typical, like, we're not going to get much out of these. These guys will die really quickly. Yeah. They're having sex. They're smoking weed. They're literally just going to be, just they're going to be off. They're probably one of the first ones going kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and then, but they're more, they are more, well, well, uh, well Alice, Alice is more than that. Alice, yeah. And obviously Alice <laughs> is the throwback to F13. And I think Tommy having the name, you know, for Tommy, Tommy Jarvis, Jarvis yeah. there's probably a whole bunch of stuff that we just missed. What I really like about the scene, that scene that you're talking about is also the fact that it finally, and as Tommy starts to deteriorate, it makes, it suddenly makes the first film better. Yeah. Because suddenly we understand the, the little, the sounds yeah. that they're hearing. We understand like how Ryan could have deteriorated to that kind of way and how he could have turned against his friends. Yeah. We get to see it through a character. And because Tommy's quite a likable character... Yeah, he is. Like, he's he, doesn't an get a, he doesn't get loads of lines, to be fair. But even in his time there, he is quite a likable kind of character. His time with Cindy. Yeah. And I think the, the person who's who's playing him does does quite well of a job. I think he does a really seems, good job. He's just supposed to be like this sweet, innocent guy. Yeah. You and he, yeah, it's nice because you expect him. I also, I think again, against the expectation, you expect Cindy, the good girl, the person trying to be posh, you almost expect it to be with a boyfriend who's going to turn out to be an asshole. Yeah, you do. That would be the common, like if she's trying to change herself, she's stuck with it. If we're thinking like, it was Friday the 13th, like the remake kind of yeah. thing. Very much the nice girl stuck with the asshole. Shout boyfriend. out to Trent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trent, yeah. that absolutely. Yeah. Absolute douchebag. <laughs> but you expect that. So you I expect it, so it's good. nice. It is another little kind of twist on it. Like, I'm not saying that these are world-changing no. twists, but there are a couple on here which I was pretty like, oh, you know what? That's a good That's a good little twist on yeah. like, the play, the, especially as we're thinking Friday the 13th. Um, yeah, so as we're talking about kind of... Um, I'd also like to mention, we I've keep saying Colour War. <laughs> yes we do color war let just to just to clarify it's the like i think we kind of a little bit but just to make it it's not like uh this there's not like a race war going yeah, on yeah because that's what i, was I kept like... thinking in my head you're like color war color war. i was like in case you're misconstrued and you haven't watched this which again i watch it yeah <laughs> um it is a case of uh and it isn't really explained in the film actually that clearly anyway but well, i'm um, guessing they expect it's shady side and yeah so, shady side I was Shady say sunny side. Sunny Vale. 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 Sunny to, to you guys oh, but yeah, it's 20 America. yeah it's 29 degrees here but over here we don't have we don't have like indoor air conditioning no. or things like that so the windows because are it open. happens so we use them so little in most months yeah. but when it does we're just like we're not used to it our bodies are not ready yeah and what i don't why we clarified that is because the windows are open I live in a relatively residential area, so I don't want my neighbours to overhear us talking about a colour war <laughs> yeah. and then to think that we're kind of advocating something, you know. Yeah, it's been quite a hot week for race uh, racism in the UK as well yeah, with the football has. and things like that, so we don't want anyone showing up and going, we heard you're planning a colour war. Yeah, 
We no, don't want that. That is clarified. We are not. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> providing anything like that. No. Um, and uh, but talking about that class war which you you touched on before, it wasn't. That was another of our big questions at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Is, is this really going to be touched upon? Are we going to get a bit more of an idea about this? And we did. It's it's not uh, it's not a huge like amount of time. And I think I think the next part will delve into how that kind of yeah. happened. I'm guessing. Well, I mean, I think there is there's. And I think it is one of the central themes that kind of is going to run through this trilogy. Yeah. Um, and it is that kind of idea of, you know, class or, you know, where you're born determines who you are, that kind of stuff. Um, and there is, because we do get a lot of conversations, particularly between Ziggy and Cindy about it, um, other counselors talking about it whilst the color war's happening. And then later on, kind of between Alice and Cindy, we do get quite a. It plays quite a big role in both of the character developments. Yeah, it does. Um, well, yeah, Alice, Cindy, and even Ziggy. Yeah, Ziggy constantly tries to just push any of that away. She doesn't want any part of this camp. Quite often, she's no. kind of pushed it away because she just like she'd hang around with Nurse Lane instead. Kind of, yeah. she doesn't want any. And then, um, and then Alice is very much accepted. What her life is like in kind of, I think in yeah, you know. Um, and whereas Cindy, as we said before, is really trying to do anything. She's been trying for so long to try and be better yeah, than she, where she lives. She thinks she thinks it's not good. She's trying to be better, and she wants to be one of the you know, yeah, the, you know, the shady side crew, sunny, sunny side. I I keep getting which it. one <laughs> is it? I thought it was shady side. Sunny side is Toy Story. I'm getting so confused. So Shady side is the bad side there. Sorry, I'm saying bad side. (laughs) The lower class side, the deaf side, the cursed side. Sunny Vale is the... I'm advocating the status. You are bad. You you rich are good. You elitist. I am. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just to clarify then. Shady side is where the curse is happening and where the lower class live i think the middle yeah, it's to kind lower of... and sunny vale is very much the rich campus yes yeah, the rich campus <laughs> which like we get will good who is the you know the future mayor and he is an asshole yeah he like is. he is a pr- bit, bit of an asshole uh he's not a fruit he's not a through and through as i said character development is quite good in this film so you get yeah. moments to see them not just as pure they don't no one necessarily. Maybe Sheila. Maybe Sheila yeah. gets a bit of that. Maybe, uh, maybe the stoner. Maybe a stoner boy. <laughs> Alice's stoner boyfriend um, gets a little bit of that as well. Well, um, yeah. But I mean, in general, most characters that we spend time with get a little bit more of that. But Alice, Cindy, and Ziggy are really are our main main characters. Yeah, they're kind of our main ones. Um, and I think you know, there's the interesting where the film starts to pick up for me. Um, to kind of have a bit of a, a bit of a time jump is when they, you know, they're going. So we have um, we have Cindy, Tommy, who's starting to deteriorate. Yeah. Um, Alice and Arnie, and they're going through Sarah, not Sarah fears. They go through Nurse Lane's kind of stuff, trying to wonder what you know what made her snap. Why did she attack yeah. Tommy? And they find what looks like a map to some graves and a potential house of Sarah fear. Yeah. And um, Cindy, Nurse Lane's got like a diary full yeah, of like almost old art, old letters, yeah. and old things like this of Sarah Fear. So she's kind of, yeah, she's kind of collected them, and they use that to kind of start to like, oh, what's why yeah. has she gone mad? And what's happened? Yeah, and then the you know they find some uh, you know they find some drugs which Cindy thinks that she's on, and Arnie and um, Alice take it thinking thinking it's dexamphetamine. Um, and they're literally hunting for any drugs. They yeah, they're find. hunting for any drugs. Um, and then they kind of they end up go they end up finding Sarah Fear's house. Yeah, and they go inside of it. And when they're in the basement, um, you know, Tommy is kind of Tommy stays upstairs because you can, he's very clearly deteriorating. The voice is getting stronger. He's getting more dishevelled. Um, and the other ones go, you know, the other three go downstairs where they find the witch's mark, which was in the diary of Nurse Lane. And then uh, Arnie goes up because he realizes that the stuff they've been taking is Tylenol, Tylenol yeah. which I'm guessing is just like paracetamol or something. I think yeah, something like that, or it's just like a standard kind of antidepressant, like over-the-counter kind of one, okay, like a yeah. simple kind of drug. Yeah. So they, you know, they um, like this ain't gonna do shit. Yeah. For me. This ain't gonna get as high. So he goes upstairs, and then you know, Cindy starts hearing the voice, and she starts looking through the books, and then 
And this is something which I think is really great because it kind of does show that Nurse Lane's been kind of trying to do her own investigations and finding out. Yeah. And, nine, you know, Fear Street 94 ends with um, Sam's name being written on this stone. Yeah. And then Sam gets possessed. And that's when they see Tommy's names on there. And then... Um, Tommy, several other like several people, other yeah. and it's all the ones who have been you know yeah, been they talk for all the murderers through time like but Tommy and Tommy's the latest one and they're like you know how did this get there and then when they go upstairs you know Tommy gets an axe and this and then we get our first kill which is Arnie he gets kind of I mean a lot of the kills in this are just kind of axes to the face aren't they yeah yeah they are they are pretty much a little they're a little bit one note but I guess it's not a million, you know, I'd say maybe a, a, some Friday the 13th have a bit more inventive than some of these, um, but it is pretty much classic machete axe or thing. Yeah. It's very part two. It is, yeah. <laughs> I think very, like, uh, we get the bag, later on we get the bag over the head and things like that. We very much get a lot, and in that one, quite a lot of the deaths were kind of that. It's an odd one to go with, to be honest, because part two is one of the weaker ones. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, still. Well, floats your boat, baby. But Arnie, Arnie's death is, is very, very, very well done. It's a nice mixture of practical effects and a little bit of maybe little CGI. Bit of CGI. But you could, we yeah. see it go. We see the axe go into his face. And just like last time when we were very surprised with 1994, we were expecting a teen adult. Like, yeah. And it is a very teen adult, but it's with the added gore. And some of the gore is just like you expect them to cut away from it. And yeah. it doesn't, especially with Arnie's anyway. It do, yeah, it doesn't with Arnie's. And I think watching, because I've just watched that back, um, and I think watching it back, it. The, the CGI is, is a bit more apparent with it. Um, but I think you you kind of expect it to cut off. Yeah. You expect to just see an axe go towards him and then it to kind of, you know, to to cut to a jump of, of uh, Cindy and uh, Alice kind of reacting to it. But yeah. actually you see it go into his face a couple of times. Yeah. It's quite good. And it definitely it does kind of linger as well because we have the body then on the floor kind yeah. of thing and you see the face kind of a bit. Which is is nice when they do that. We don't just cut away from it. We go for it, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and in, in this one, they go for it. Well, with the adults, anyway. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. Um, uh, yeah. So we we kind of uh, build from there, don't we? Where this is suddenly where Alice and Cindy, if a second ago they were questioning it, yeah. Now they're full on shit. We've got to Something get out of happened. here. They try to escape. Tommy goes through. It ends up collapsing. They yeah. manage to find a way through behind a little bookcase that's there. They get through, and Tommy, and it kind of all collapses down on them. Yeah, and they, they think Tommy's dead, but then they hear his breathing. They're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. We kind of learn that he's very much in the supernatural mode yeah. now, just like Ryan was in the first one. He kind of can't be... You can't be stopped in the traditional way. <laughs> it's like the Terminator. You know, yeah. You can't, so, be, uh, can't be reasoned with. Yeah. Jason, basically. Yeah. Jason Voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, then we kind of, we get shots between kind of, this is where the story kind of branches off in two parts a little bit. So we get Alice and Cindy kind of underground, under the camp, yeah. following this witch's mark, which is a map, and trying to find their way out and... Um, and then we find Tommy going back to the camp where the color war is happening. Um, and the w- one thing I did like with this is that the film, it, it kind of didn't take any, it takes chances, you know, it, it, uh, it's hard to say without sounding really horrible, but I kind of like that they took, they, they killed a couple of the children in it. Yeah. I know how wrong that sounds, <laughs> you know? Well, no, it's um, it's one. Of, it was one of the main things that stuck out to me. And I was thinking this was one of the main things that stuck in my head because killing kids in like horror films or in films in general is, a, is a taboo, isn't it? It's, it's fake like taboo. A, it, for a long time, it's been a taboo. Now, it's one thing that I wouldn't expect in many. It definitely, it there's a reason it was always teenagers and the kids would always survive in like the yeah. 80s, 90s horrors. You know they they wouldn't they wouldn't quite step over that boundaries. One of the earliest versions I remember. I mean, obviously, like Exorcist is kind of a good where it's kind of like it is a child that is happening to. Yeah. But it wouldn't be a full on like graphic scene with a child. But one of the earliest ones I remember is actually an, an Exorcist film. But it was a Exorcist the beginning, and it was a way later yeah. one. I don't remember it being very good. I only saw it when I was younger. But I remember this scene where you literally get 
a kid and like dogs come in and start like really ripping yeah. at him and he gets it's quite brutal i don't it, i might have imagined it more brutal than i remember but i definitely remember seeing them pulling at him and things like that and thinking shit you never see kids die in films yeah um and then obviously the most recent one is it yeah with georgia with, yeah. with georgia at the beginning which is a hard scene to watch well i think it's that you with it you know you know that georgie's gonna die i mean if you've read the book or you've kind of you know, you, you've you've watched the Tim Curry one. Yeah, Tim Curry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that name sounded so strange. And I was like, it's not a real name. No, I thought it's Curry. Yeah, I thought I definitely got that wrong. Um, but in that version, you know, it's you you just see the clo- it kind of does that weird zooming in or freeze frame on Pennywise's mouth. And but yeah, is, but yeah. you still get it. Still bites his eye, and you still see a child like dragging himself along the street with his arm missing. In this one, in like, the new, newest one, you do not yeah. in the Tim Curry one. In the Tim, oh Curry no, one, in the Tim Curry one. Yeah. No, no, no. So in that, and it's there's something about it which is kind of which feels uncomfortable, but also I think. I mean, I'm not saying that every horror film needs to have every child being killed, and no. I don't want to see a film just of that because that's too much. Yeah. But some, but sometimes you you expect that children are going to be safe, and you expect yeah. you know. It's nice that it's it, it doesn't feel like it just has to like this this. I think the reason that it makes it interesting is because one, we've got a killer going around a campsite which is full of children. Yeah. I, I mean, it just feels it feels logical, and sometimes. With things like children or even things like animals in films, you don't want to see it happen. But sometimes films decide to go with illogical reasons why they would survive, or they really like push the bow well, to be like, "Oh, we've got to save that child. We yeah. just managed to save that." Child. Or that child just so happens to be in the house, and the killer apparently just isn't interested, even though he literally seems like a bloodthirsty killer. Well, the one I'm thinking of is Part Six, or you know, Jason Lives, yeah. where Jason goes into the. He goes in where the, I think all the children are sleeping, maybe. Yeah. And there's, or he definitely sees a child in it or something like that. And it, it has this element of danger, but then Jason hears something and gets called away or something like that. Yeah. It's that kind of thing where I think if if we're going to have somebody that's supposed to be, you know, merciless and ruthless and not supposed to be able to be reasoned with, yeah, then... The, the, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It, it works. And also, I think it suddenly... It suddenly ups the level. It almost starts to make it feel less. I mean, with Friday the Thirteenth, we very much know once we'd passed maybe you know the fir- the first one, the set, um, we'd got into proper Jason territory. We knew we were in almost like a fantasy land of yeah. this killer of un- unstoppable. But with this, it suddenly kind of makes it feel like like one of those camp stories you actually hear around a camp. Yeah, like a real like that could actually happen. Like this is a kid. I'm. I know there is a superhero. There's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. A supernatural bit who is possessed by a witch. Yes, I, I know the realism is not here, but the fact that the kills he kills the children suddenly starts to make it feel like well, someone could walk into a camp and just start acting. Yeah. Like they could. There are sick people out there. There have been cases of this happening, and suddenly this now feels a little bit more real. And just because the kills aren't maybe as inventive as the first part one, or maybe you know. Uh, not as gory, I would no. say, in some cases. Well, all, the, all the kids are killed off camera. I mean, you no, see that's the thing. The lots kids of are swinging killed and you so, hear a lot of yeah. stuff. The taboo still kind of survives because it, we won't show a child being axed in the face like Arnie yeah. or being properly chopped up or gutted or anything But like you'll that. hear it and you'll... We will hear it. Although, and then again, at the same time, that I'd also say that, you know, Ziggy, it doesn't really... She's not that old. Like, she's not meant to be... Like, well, she's probably meant to be like 50. But she does get a fairly... Graphic scene with her. They do, but they're the more like central characters, aren't they? Yeah, but uh, but it's but it's still we get these kids and we kind of I don't know. It just suddenly ups the level for yeah. you. It suddenly felt like oh shit, we will go with anyone then. We'll yeah. go anywhere. Well, I think it's so it's something where if you go if I'm you know if you're a parent, I mean, and you're sending your kid off to a summer camp, yeah, you expect the counselors to protect them and you don't expect any danger to happen to them yeah. so the idea that it's actually a counselor who has done this yeah and the kids know, trust him that's why they don't kids run trust him. yeah the kids trust him because yeah. they it's it's shown that and, tommy's yeah. an act tommy because that, he's yeah. such a nice sweet guy they're like the kids, tommy tom's like tommy yeah what are you doing and tommy? It, that it suddenly gives this like darkness to it yeah you're like the child doesn't run and scream they trust that person it's that person turning against them 
and you kind of see it like you don't see them get but you see the kind of reaction on their faces yeah. like especially the first boy and i don't know what his name was he's got the he's got, he's got, he's got big the glasses. glasses so we'll call him goggle boy yeah goggle <laughs> Well, Goggle Boy, um, he his lingers us for a second. The, Shout the, the two other children that die afterwards are very much in the dark. It goes kind of yeah. dark straight away. But here's you kind of see you kind of straight away hear the thud of the axe, and you hear his noise, and you hear his noise again, kind of yeah. thing, and you hear him struggling a bit, and it's still dark without seeing it. And it is one of those. And sometimes they're the best deaths in horror films. Yeah, not the ones that you always see. The ones that linger on you are like it's Randy. What the fuck could that be? Yeah, it's Randy. Randy's yeah. death. It's left. It's left to your imagination. And mostly. then it gets 10 times worse in yeah. your imagination because uh, yeah. we're all sick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, I'm just trying to think because I don't want to, because I think this film is definitely worth watching. Um, I think it's it, it's heads above the, you know, the previous ones. And, and the, the general yeah. kind of consensus, just to kind of do the jump social media shout-outs, jump to them socials, um, you know, it's definitely... Uh, more favorable i mean i think we had about four or five people reply um so phil and laura over at the um the horror project podcast who you should also go and check out um they enjoyed it much more and they made it appreciate 1994 which is what we said wasn't it yeah. we appreciated 1994 and watching which yeah. they said bored them to tears but you know i would i i wouldn't say right. that much I yeah it was to right. tears, but it, it like yeah I've, maybe it's based on the taste and the kind of horror, like yeah. the style of slasher you like. This is all slasher. Because this one feels more in line with that, doesn't it? It definitely does. Um, and I, I think, but we very much said the first one had the annoying duty of basically having to establish this world. Yeah. Establish a bit of the mythology. Yes, this one digs into the mythology, but we some of this wouldn't have worked in this part two yeah. if we didn't know that what we knew knew from 1994 yeah so some of it just needed that we wouldn't have known about ruby lane we wouldn't have had a clue about what the voices meant some of that like setup that. is worth it, it you know so yes i think part one is the is not the superior film in this trilogy purely because it had the crap task and we said that was one of our problems was yeah. over explanation <laughs> too much exposition yeah. in scenes it kind of it proper killed the momentum when we i guess we were kind of wanting a slasher but, we wanted yeah. just a slasher. we wanted that and this one feels more like it gets all of its character development and build up it gives us a nice kind of like a good film does it gives us a nice build up of character development then we get a constant stream of terror yeah that's it we and that's kind of what i want in a yeah you know i don't want the long you know but it's it, what made uh the recent halloween and we talk about this all the time but only because i li really think as an adult kind of well-made film that is a perfect example of yes there are, there are deaths and they do kind of get a little bit more scattered but there is kind of a nice build-up of character development before we really kick into that yeah, kind of here he comes definitely you know um and the um, original Halloween actually is the perfect example. Definitely. <laughs> Build um, up and kills. Uh, morbid Matsky. Um, yeah. Said, you know, preferred, preferred uh, 78 much more. Um, he's got his own review out, so if you check out his uh, YouTube channel, you can hear that. And then Epic Film Guys. I did say I would include this because <laughs> I thought, you know, we're not going to just read the positives. They, re they uh, released a review a couple of days ago which also go and check out um because i think those is going to be a lot more negative than ours as they just sent me a picture of a man being thrown into a bin <laughs> so i'm guessing they weren't very very pleased about it yeah i mean um after i've just like the, the things that occur to you as you're talking to these kind of things and it almost in a way after talking about halloween yes i know that this looks and feels like uh, Friday the 13th yeah but in a way now that I think about it the first Halloween is pretty much a perfect example of what this film is it's like a big build-up we get characters around when we get to kind of establish yeah. things and then we get deaths and the deaths are not we don't get loads and tons and tons of death just like in the original Halloween we kind of get them and it's kind of more about the killer kind of moving from place to place to place yeah. to place and this constant stream of where's he going to come what's going to happen with it which yes that would be more of a base. It's almost like a mashup of those. And they said that it would be a mashup of yeah, it does, you know, yeah. different horror. It's not set in one. And then we get the supernatural layer on top yeah. of it. And then we start to get all of the other killers that start to come out in one scene, which Definitely, is a very which is cool awesome. scene. But we get, I mean, the good thing is that, so we have Tommy's kind of journey. And like you said, we have that constant terror. But then we, we have the separate stories of Alice and Sydney trying to find their way out. 
um, and we have kind of um, Nick who kind of takes takes on that role, which is a which is almost kind of expected of him of the savior, you know. So him yeah. and Ziggy, he instantly kicks in once they realize that this murder's happening. I think they see uh, Goggle Boy's body rip, and yeah. um, they start to just see them one by one, don't yeah. they? And all of the campers. They, Nick pretty much quickly takes over like their future copy will be. And yeah, gets everyone like getting into get in, get in, get in. You know, we get a uh, we get a sex scene with his brother that kind of happens to sit like a bit around. This I don't time, know. If I, think, I think that's Kurt. I don't think that's his brother. Is that that's we we were getting Kurt, confused. Is it? I thought that was his brother. He's nailing Joan, isn't he? Yeah, the, the relative, the de- the. Nice I thought she made some kind of joke about his ass that his ass was so like. That's why what made me think it was. But made, if not, yeah. Kurt and Will then look very similar to me. They then. do look very similar. Um, um, but I don't know if I'm getting, we're getting mixed up. Probably anyway. We, uh, we get yeah, we get her. Uh, whoever the the girl, the more who is a little bit falls into a little bit of the the hippie stonery kind of mold yeah. as well. The way she talks and stuff. She gets a nice axing down in a classic, like in just in the underwear kind of Friday yeah. the Thirteenth style. That is classic, isn't it? You know, so Tommy's kind of making his way around a little bit. He's getting around. He's getting um, around. <laughs> but kind of, I, I quite like that. You know, they have this. They do have an overall kind of quest, and they know they realize that um, there's something to do with the the witch's arm. So yeah. part of the the whole Seraphim mythology, which I love that it runs between them and it's kind of the same, um, is that as long as her hand is separated from the body, yeah. um, you know, she'll have a grasp on the land. And I think there was a moment where, you know, we see this moss, don't we? Yeah, um, and we were like, "That's the same moss." I got really excited. Didn't I? I was like, yeah, we're that's like, the same moss. <laughs> it's nice to get that little figure. We were like, "Oh wait, there was a body with that moss," yeah. and then it's like, "Oh, they said about the body and the hand." And oh yeah, yeah. So it's quite it's nice. It's nice to get that kind of yeah. thing, isn't it? Like, and it's nice that it's not just surviving the night, or it's not just trying to find a way to stop Tommy. It's also well, actually, we have this quest where we can try and stop you know the curse from going. Um, just got to cough for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get we get about the curse, and um, we also kind of as we get, follow Cindy and Alice, they're kind of we, this is when they like they start to kind of work it out when they're trapped in the cave together. Uh, the other nice thing actually we get in terms of like character development here is Cindy and Alice. Yeah, Alice becomes a much early on. You know, it's very much Kate in the last yeah. one. Early on, you're like, uh, yeah, okay, you're in a stereotype. And they like to take it, especially with the female characters in this. We're already getting the theme that the female character goes from, and I feel like in the third part, like first one was Kate got this kind of, she she's more arc. than she appears. Definitely. Alice, again, more than she appears. If, if anything, Cindy kind of comes across more than that because it's kind of more Cindy that pushed Alice away, kind of gets that feeling. And Cindy's the one yeah. that kind of did things to Alice more than Alice did things to Cindy. And we kind of like, oh, look, the person we've kind of been getting started yeah. to like actually isn't all that perfect. I mean, in my judgment, and my prediction is that in the third one, Sarah Fears is going to be that. Innocent. You think that she, I don't know if it'll be the flip and it'll be she turns from a perfect innocent into something evil. Or if she's actually, she, you know, she is this kind of, at first you think, oh, she's Sarah Fears. She's going to be uh, the villain in this part three. Yeah. When actually, by the end, we realise that actually something really terrible has been done to her. Yeah. And she was actually better than we thought. I think we've got these three females and very much in modern, like, you know, the female gets a good arc. And all of the females in this get a good arc, including in the first one, Dina and Sam got okay, you know, but Ziggy and Cindy... I much more really interesting, I think, lead characters. I mean, yeah. if anything, like the fact, you know, I, I just think, you know, Dina and Sam, I kind of had problems with it at time. They kind of felt, at times they felt a bit, you know, a bit moany, a bit down. And I get that it matches the grungy kind of 1990s yeah. kind of thing. But they were trying, I think they were trying to build like all oh, this kind of relationship with them. And I don't know why, but their relationship just kind of left me a bit like, I was expecting to really like yeah. it. I was like, that's a nice twist. At first it was kind of playing that Peter... You know, you know yeah. Peter was her ex. You know, Peter was Sam, yeah. his ex. And then we're like, oh, you know, it, it's a it's a lesbian relationship, that kind of. And we were like, yeah, okay, I'm into this. You're kind of mixing it up a little bit, yeah. But they still just came across as bland as any boy or girl yeah. chemistry couple. Well, I don't know. I just didn't feel it. Yeah, I didn't click with it. But, but Ziggy and Cindy's sister relationship, yeah, and even Tommy and Cindy, you know, 
in the short, way short time, I felt more for them than I think I did Dina and Sam. Yeah, definitely. And Cindy and Ziggy go on a really good journey here for yeah. like sisters who are like kind of a fallen, fallen apart from each other, kind of separated because Cindy's trying so hard yeah. to be a different way. And Ziggy's very much happy with where she is kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and this comes to a, a really like nice conclusion building on this kind of like what the adventure they're going on with thing with let's, if they can find the, what is it? The Satan stone or whatever? The, That's the yeah, first bit so she cut her hand off with the Satan stone, didn't she? Yeah. So they're trying to find the hand, um, and then they're trying to find where the body is. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. So Alice, I know, is like like I, to, to skip to like this the, a little bit forward to the Satan stone. So Alice is injured, and um, although they've been trying and trying to escape, but well, they see she that ends up lying against. Well, they see it. This I don't know how to the describe moss it. that we talked about is part of that. That they see the moss kind of thing, and she she looks in she looks in the book and they, the well, Satan stone, is sure, it not what is the Satan stone not what the hands get chopped off against? Yeah, but I'm yeah. sure before that she meets the they see that kind of thing which is underground. Oh, I forgot like, about the weird blob. It's thing. like a blob. It looks for me. It looked like it was like almost like a fly hive, you know, yeah. like a hive, but it's beating. And it was really interesting because I think Alice touches it and she sees she sees like visions of all the past killers and stuff. And like even sixteen sixty four. And even sixty sixty six she jumps to, doesn't she? She gets to see it all. It's it's a weird it almost makes you think it's some kind of like that thing is still living in nineteen ninety four and it's some supernatural thing that's kind of keeping all of this going. Yeah. It's some growth or something. Something that's grown unsupernatural, you know, unhuman growth that has yeah. continued to kind of build and build i got very that actually gave me very it kind of vibes like yes. chapter two when he kind of turns to that blob at the end yeah you see that it was kind of like this kind of human monster that's kind of building up like yes. true form it was very weird wasn't it it was yeah it's definitely i uh, i kind of forgot that bit actually <laughs> i kind of blanked that out in my head but well yeah they, they see that and that kind of changes cindy gets a little bit of like a, as if she kind of knows a little bit more kind of thing but it's still alice that falls upon like this is the Satan Stone, and then... well, she realizes because she starts bleeding, and it yeah. says wherever she, wherever the oh, witch. Oh yeah, is, of course we get we get the nosebleeds, and, and then under the moss she does it. Um, I know we've skipped quite a lot, but <laughs> I think because I don't want to give too much of you know, I know we're spoiling the film, but I think it is worth watching, and there is some um, there's some great moments of tension, and there is yeah. there's quite a few things that we we're, we're probably not talking about because there's just other things that we'd rather talk about. Well, I just, yeah, I just think, although the first one had a lot of exposition to add into it, it's just, the, it still kind of felt like they went on a kind of a one note kind of journey. Yeah. And this one feels like it has a lot more going on. So there's a, the Ziggy story and the Cindy story. Yeah. There's, there's a lot happening. And then we've even got Tommy going around killing yeah. people. And we've got, we've kind of got these extra layers that kind of then, but, um, but yeah, so, We've got, uh, w- at least this now gives us the idea of where, where this kind of stone kind of is, which kind of links to a little like bit, a little bit on. But yeah. um, we've got Ziggy and that, and they're all inside the counsellors, and they're all like, tr- they're going around, and Ziggy and that run off to kind of rescue C- Sheila, who we didn't talk about, but they had the kind of yeah, carry style kind of prank, yeah. like they were trying to run her. That's very much like a B or C subplot kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so they were after going there because Tommy's coming after them, and um, we kind of get the we get who we were just calling Halloween boy. Um, we were just calling him Halloween boy because this Gary, is where we've got the that they realise that they they can't get through one place, so they're like, "Where's the next place going to be on the map?" Cindy, yeah. Cindy and Alice, and it's uh, it's underneath, isn't it? The, the um, um, what do you what would you what do you call the toilets basically? Yeah, yeah, the outhouse, the, the outhouse, the, the shit, outhouse, the, the, shit. the shit house, the um, shit. Yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't know what we we know. I know like straight away. I was like, "That's the kid out of Halloween who got himself yeah, we impaled knew on a post kind of thing." Gets you know in that amazing like light on yeah. off scene with Michael Myers. He's pretty good at dying. Isn't he's he? good at dying. <laughs> he's making himself a career. He's just going to be in every horror film. Just dying. Now, just dying for a moment. But I love in I, in his death is in this one. It's just old school decapitation. Yeah, straight, and that I think that was that looked amazing. It know? did. It looked awesome. He like they're trying. They see uh, Cindy and Alice are down like down the hole, and uh, oh no, it's just Cindy at this point, isn't it? Alice is left back with the the Satan stone. Yeah, um, and then that's why like oh we need to get out of here. And then this is when she has no idea what's happening to Ziggy. She sees Ziggy, and then that's when yeah it comes in. Tommy swipes off his head. He's just like Tommy. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, but the other awesome bit that I love of that scene is the fact the body drops. Yeah, and you can't just see the body there, yeah. and you're like, shit. Uh, yeah, like, um, and then she has no, she can't see anything. She can see through the outhouse. <laughs> she can see that's all she can see up from the toilet. Um, it might it's kind of weird because there's I didn't see anything down there. It might be just the a drop when we went to Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It is. It's literally the drops, like the old uh, shit drop. Yeah, but the um, shit drop. The other thing I was thinking was uh, that just popped in my head was so she's standing down there. That's the outhouse, which normally just drops into a hole. <laughs> I, I didn't see shit everywhere. <laughs> there's toilet paper everywhere, though, isn't there? <laughs> is there toilet paper? Yeah, there's That's loads of toilet paper. Is there? Yeah, uh, they've just went for the toilet paper, not just part of, like a big pile of shit. <laughs> loads of shit all over the walls and stuff. <laughs> she crawls up. Shit. I think maybe that would have added too much of a disgusting layer to it. All. Probably. Um. So where do we go from there? Well, um, you know, they the a lot of the people kind of leave on the on the bus, don't they? Yeah, they um, get out of there. But Nick stays, um, and he's you know because he he has a thing with Ziggy, um, and then you know Ziggy, Nick, Alice, and Cindy all meet up. Uh, Nick ends up getting injured. Um, and kind of hides away, doesn't he? I think he gets put somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, this is when they... Because after the out, outhouse, they have to find somewhere else to get to. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about before. They go from the outhouse to the mess hall. Yeah. And then we have this kind of, you know, we, we have where um kind of, you know, Tommy attacks Ziggy and then, you know, uh, Cindy kind of decapitates him. And that's where we think we're safe. And yeah. then... We were sat there in that scene, though. Like, they were just... Cindy and Ziggy were just sat there talking for we get a couple of minutes talking between them which is fine it's not like in the first one where I felt like it really killed the momentum yeah but the only thing that kind of got of me was they're like who the fuck sits and has a conversation <laughs> he's it. right fucking that I know you like I know he's because <laughs> they stabbed him first didn't they and then yeah oh yeah he was on the floor so he wasn't decapitated at that point either was he they'd no. just taken him out they thought that was it obviously I know they think he's not supernatural they don't actually know that yeah. Um, so they're just like there, but the fact that we were there, we were just there, like waiting, like when's he gonna get? He's gonna go. He's just gonna grab one of them, isn't yeah. he? Or he's gonna fucking like because we felt like this was building towards the end. I felt that this was already. Yeah. Kind of, I was like, is this how one of the sisters is gonna die? It's built throughout the whole film that one of the sisters is gonna die. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And like, I'm like, is one of them? Is like, I was very much set the whole time that Ziggy is that's what Ber- C yeah. Berman. But yeah, we're kind of waiting it out. We're kind of leaving it because obviously it's Cindy C. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, but I was like, is, I was like, is this when Cindy's going to just get it? Is she going to like? He's going to get up and yeah. just like fuck her in the uh, fuck her in the fuck face. In the face. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, it's not quite the way I went that yeah. to come out, but you know, Bone um, but, but again. This is another one of those things where it kind of builds the tension, yeah. But it doesn't play out the way you expect it to play mm. out in that way. Um, instead, obviously, we get Alice and all of that, and then Alice gets this Al- is yeah. Rip well, Alice. Rip Alice, because Alice does give her kind of Alice is injured, um, and they're kind of saying you have to stay here. And Alice, it gives quite a good speech. It's almost in a strange way. It's kind of it's Samuel Jackson, Deep Blue Sea, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. She gives a convers- She gives a speech about how you know she's never had anything in her life and she's never been able to amount to anything. And now she's like, you know, you have to give me this chance to do something with my life and to try and end this curse yeah. and to do something. And then she turns around and she gets axed by, by Tommy. And it's kind of, I mean, it's not quite as like shocking as it was with Kate, with Sam. Oh, Sam. Say, big Sam Jackson. Red. Oh, Sam Jackson. I was, yeah. I was, I thought you were thinking about oh, the no. first one, not big Sam Jackson. Uh, although Kate still works as a good metaphor there because both were shocking by yeah. death that we were expecting someone to save them. They both had the potential to be better. But... So does Samuel Jackson. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, he always has the potential. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it just... Yeah, and then she she gets a quick one. She gets a quick one. It's just a pretty much a, it's just an axe to the chest, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a quick like chest, nothing else. Quick slice, and she's kind of gone. Yeah. And then Tommy gets decapitated, yeah. which was pretty cool. That was cool, yeah. Um, and then you know they kind of realize that the hanging tree where you know Ziggy was strung up earlier by the bullies, that's where the body was buried. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we've got to get this. We've got to get this hand there. We've got the hand. Um, and that's when all the killers. Of previous kind of a unleashed, oh, yeah. so we have we hear Ruby Lane singing. Um, I'm sure we hear Ruby Lane, don't we? She yeah, names. Um, and we get a couple of them, which is quite cool. Um, yeah, so several. We don't know their names. Uh, even on things we've read, it says several shady side killers. Yeah, you know, but we get so we get 
let's just link back to the imagery we got in that first episode. We got some quick imagery of them, and yeah. we don't we don't learn much more about them. I'm hoping one or two of them we're going to learn a little bit more about in sixty six and four. The little bo- the boy with the bat. <laughs> 1666 I mean yeah. the little boy with the bat is just like, as I said his was like the one bit when it's like almost the scene in the first one that revealed that okay this is going to have a good amount of gore like, yeah. the opening made it a bit gore but he's literally just the boy like smashing the face of the bat and it was like it was almost between like shocking and a little bit comical like with a slight dark comical edge yeah. to it but we see that boy come out and he's got this kind of tap 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 tap, tap, tap. thing yeah. it's like almost like a Clockwork Orange, or it like a, a creepy like that, kind of, you know, like all the um, the warriors or something, like the yeah. bottles, the yeah. check, like that kind of thing, um, which I loved. Um, and who, like, some of them less memorable than others. I remember Ruby Lane, and I remember yeah. um, there's the guy with like the half burnt face. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't... He's the one that gets closest, kind of. Thing, yeah. In a way. And then you have the we have the Tommy bat back. Boy. We have Tommy back with his with his head. Yeah, his head is there, and he's got his, he's got the sack on his head. He's got a sack. We didn't mention that uh, Ziggy's the one that gave him the sack, isn't he? Yeah, she put the sack. <laughs> that's, that's so wrong. <laughs> Damn, Ziggy's man. the one that gave him this. What is wrong? In your it? It's right. the it's the hot weather, isn't it? Yeah, she she pulls she, it over his head. I'm not quite sure how it stays in place. Oh me, because it kind of fits around <laughs> his face suddenly. Like she's pulled it so tight that that bag is just like stuck to his skin or yeah. something and the back's kind of slightly still out like she's pulled it kind of thing but apparently it stays it looks cool yeah we don't know how he gets his head back exactly yeah. i don't forget it's but he just appears he's his yeah. head's back they don't matter man he's a <laughs> it ghost. doesn't matter he's killer um, um but then and then obviously you know they dig up and there's a rock which says you know the witch forever lives um and which is kind of a bit like oh shit what's happening here um and then that's kind of maybe saying that she's not actually buried there um and then they realise that they're after, you know, they're after Ziggy, um, because I can't remember why they're after Ziggy. I just think well, it's the blood again, is isn't it? it? Yeah, is it? It's what the is blood. Ziggy? Oh, yeah, because oh, Ziggy's blood they come gets back on the, is, it gets on the hand. It gets yeah. on the hand. Yeah, um, and that's when it's all like, oh yeah. shit. And this bit uh, that that was one little flaw I had because it suddenly goes. I understand that they've looked at it, so it's probably completely solvable. But yeah. very quickly, as soon as the blood's on the hand, I think almost for time and pace. Which is good. I'm glad they don't turn into another exposition to kind of explain yeah. it. But Cindy very quickly goes as if, "Oh, your blood's on it." It like it's you. It happens very quickly, but Cindy kind of says a line as if she suddenly straight away knows that that's the case. Yeah, like she's like, "That's the oh my god!" Like I need to protect you now. I need to protect you. And unlike the first one, where it took them quite a while to get to that, this I know she's had the book and things like that. But let's be honest, she hasn't really like had time to fully like no. read for it. She just suddenly seems to know. And that was a bit of a, a moment where I was just, that was probably one of the few bits where I quit and went, okay, how the fuck do you know that so quickly? Yeah. <laughs> like, it does not, but then again, she did see the weird monster and she saw a flash of everything. So, so there, were, there yeah. were plenty, it might not be a plot hole. It was just in my head, I was going, that, that, that occurred to you very quickly that you need to protect her like that. Yeah. And it wasn't just sister protect. It was like, your blood's on the thing. We need to protect you. It's like, okay, yeah. you, you get this, you get all of this really quickly. It's like, you're a mastermind now. Yeah. But then obviously, you know, Cindy then sacrifices herself. Uh, but the the murderers, kind of or the killers, whatever we're calling them, get to both of them, and then it's quite brutal, isn't it? Because they're this lying a, together. This is a probably brutal. Like this is probably the most brutal scene in the. It's like, brutal, but it's kind of like it's weirdly. I kind of like, I don't know. Poetic was the word they just said. But it's almost like the two sisters are bonded together, and they're yeah. kind of taking it like together. They die together. Just for God's sake, it sounded wrong to me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, the words I just said replace that in any porn, and it's basically <laughs> sickening. Um, the um, it's this heat, man. <laughs> yeah, the heat's just corrupted your brain. <laughs> it has the um, but no, like we have that burnt face guy, yeah. and um, I can't remember whichever one gets to Ziggy. I think it's, Tommy's the one that gets Tommy's to Cindy. Tommy's to Cindy, and obviously. he's we're getting access to the chair, like yeah. Whereas uh, the the that burnt face half guy is the one really stabbing, stabbing Ziggy, Ziggy, he's stabbing yeah. her like all over, um, and I mean it feels like with Ziggy's hers seems a little bit less hot, but she's still coughing up blood and they're both coughing up blood and it's I don't know it's really nicely shot it's nicely shot and it's you know I and it's great because you know they've spent this whole film hating each other and you know kind like of in death fighting each together. other <laughs> yeah then. Just you know, just when when shit hits the fan, they come together and they put everything yeah. behind them, and I love that and it's great. It's just like 
you you know like how many times can you hit somebody with an axe before they die <laughs> Oh because yeah, it seems the like Cindy. One, Cindy seems like she should be in half by the point. It gets yeah, there. like she After, seems like she yeah. should have been split. Like one, like the first one looked like it probably would have been heart KO. You yeah. know what I mean? Like done, but she's there and she still kind of seems to be holding on. If anything, but like Ziggy seems to be losing it faster than her. But Ziggy's only getting like gut it. Like it does push the envelope a little bit because even Ziggy's, I'd say like you. She's dead. getting stabbed. <laughs> like she's getting dead. a lot of things. Like a lot of nice. But it and so but and it's really great. But that for me was a bit of bit like okay, like you, like I know what you're doing, you know. Yeah. But it's a bit too much. Yeah. Um, I definitely think though. Again, that was a a shock, a twist I wasn't expecting was to see them both getting gutted like that. Basically, yeah. Like, you don't really expect to see what like you knew that one of them was going to die, definitely. but you didn't expect it. Kind of pushed you on the thing of like who the fuck is c Burn? is she even actually to do with these sisters yeah. you know what i mean is she like the other sister yeah or something like that so it does kind of keep pushing you to think and then who are you and then obviously when both of them die the killers disappear you know it's all over and then nick comes back and he you know he can only choose to save one of them yeah. i think because of the time and he chooses to bring back ziggy um and then um th- that's kind of this for me was a really good point because I, if you if you listen to the last episode, you notice that I said that Nick, the sheriff, seems to know a bit about what's going on, or he seems I didn't, you know, I kind of implied that he knew what was going on. Yeah, I wasn't so sure about yeah. it, but you were very like, yeah. And then and throughout this whole, you know, throughout this film, Nick's saying how he's, you know, how he's how he, he he doesn't resent his father, but he has, you know, he has this big shadow to fill, and he feels like his destiny is already there, and everything's kind of laid out for him. And part of the reason that him and Ziggy connect so much, because they have a romantic thing going on, is, you know, he says that he's not like everybody else. He's not like the rest of the, you know, the Surdy Vales. Or, and he says, you know, and then yeah. at the end, he, he, you know, he says to Ziggy, I'll tell them what happened. You know, I'll tell the truth and tell them about the curse and tell them what happened. And then when the police turn up and they say, you know, what happened there? He just says Tommy Slater went mental yeah. and killed a bunch of people. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, part three, because yeah. we're going to watch, you know, 1666 after recording this. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how, how it all wraps up. Yeah. How, like, how much are we going to, whereas this one really quickly touched on like 1994. Um, and just to, actually on that fit we've cause uh, another nice thing, the way that they twist characters in this is really nice. And like you said about Nick. He was very much put as the savior character, and then in the end, he's the one that kind of covers almost, it up. He covers it up. He tur- he kind of shows his true colors a little bit. That yeah. He's not, and we can kind of see how he became maybe this kind of police officer who's kind of maybe under his brother's thumb a little bit. Yeah. Kind of a whole town conspiracy kind of thing. It was just nice that we kind of, you know, I'm not saying like girl or boy, but in this one, very much, I'd say it is very much more the girls are the ones that get revealed as nicer, whereas the guys may be a little less. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> even Tommy, like Tommy's not a thing, but Tommy turns into something not nice, even though he is a nice person inside. Yeah, you know, he's still corrupt. Sydney, yeah, Sydney, 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 uh, kind of off, offs him with yeah. a little curtain. <laughs> said, so if there was any way to reverse it, we very much know. That yeah. that's not, <laughs> sorry, Tommy, you're fucked. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, it's. It's nice to build for like night sixteen sixty six. You got it. Well, <laughs> I got it. There we go. In the end, I got it right. Um, it, I mean, whereas last what last time we left this kind of very much like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to make it like yeah. link? I mean, and in my head, obviously, I'm thinking that nineteen ninety four we might play a bit more into the end of this one, but this one I'm. I'm kind of just ready to go on the journey. I'm not Am so me. much. I'm not so much anymore questioning how they're going to do it because this one kind of cemented in my mind that I think they know what they're doing with this. Yeah. And 1666 being such a different like, whereas these two we could compare to horror. 1666. I know we've got ones out there like things like The Witch and things like Blair, that. Like, Blair, things Blair, where you can ten, kind of uh, yeah, a bit more for a kind of time period. But they're not as well known, so no. it kind of will feel a little bit like more. I can just settle into this new one and be like okay, let's see, are you kind of doing a bit more of your own thing here? You've got um, in your mind what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I want to know now. Well, it's inter- it's good because obviously we get the reveal that C. Berman is Ziggy in the present day, yeah. which I, neither of us were shocked by. Um, no. And her real name is Christine. Throughout the film, there's been you know various Stephen King references. Um, and then they tell her that they found the witch's body and with the hand, they can kind of end it. 
Um, we find that the, the, the camp was turned into the moor at the you know the, from the start yeah, yeah. where obviously Ryan kills the last. I can't remember her name. Um, they dig out and the hand's still there. Yeah. Um, and then, this was yeah. definitely one that I was a bit like, that's a bit coincidental. Yeah. You built the entire mole, but you kept that tree, the exact same soil, the yeah. exact same, even though it seems to somehow be raised. It's like raised ground and you've built around it, but somehow nobody looked in that soil and found that hand. It's Not a, even some kid. Who like, was just... That's a bit where it felt a little bit like, mm, like we talked about, like say, Stranger Things or a lot of 80s films where it's all in the mall and things yeah. like that. And that one felt a little bit far-fetched to me. Where I was little. just like, I know, again, we're talking about supernatural witches and, so, and things like that. But the tree and the hand still being there, I felt like... <laughs> Surely we should have revealed that someone collect like it feels like it would have yeah. felt better if they said someone collected it a long time ago yeah. and they had to be like on the little bit of that kind of because I felt like a construction or worker. even C Berman had it she had it the entire time she went back and got and it didn't I know where like the body was or something that, yeah. yeah didn't know where the body was I feel like that would have worked a lot better than here's the tree it's still yeah there. like because then we would have had this is, and it's also very quick this bit isn't it it's like yeah. we're back to night ninety four but we don't want to spend long in night ninety four so quickly run, dig run. that fucker up like yeah oh and we're already here at the campsite and here and we're, yeah well where the campsite would have been where the body would have been yeah. over there where we found it last time reunite it there we go good we're done yeah we're finished. It, it wraps up quick but um and we do get one thing i liked about this was a quite um and something i meant to mention before that i'd noticed is um marco bertrami is the one who did the uh music for this okay. he did the same he was the for scream Oh, he well, did this. He did nice. the scream well, the, a lot the of the a lot of the soundtrack in in this film is kind of there's a lot of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, so the, he knows his horror, and he really nicely does it. And also, one thing that was a major bugbear for us in the last one was the music and the way it edited and cut really quickly. It is still a little bit of a problem in this one, but it was much better in this one. Yeah, it was much, much better much handled. Better. Might just be because I pref- like I may have preferred some of the music in this one, but. It was basically half of it was if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, it's, it's the same soundtrack because every seventies pretty much still is that same kind of seventies yeah. style soundtrack. It was good, um, but it was much better handled. We didn't have like so many of the random like I'm listening to music and thirty seconds later it's cut off, and then there's another song. It, but, it felt a little bit more better, but just on the score as well, the actual score of it, which would have been more Mar- Marco Beltrami's side. It just it hits with this big like kind of screeching kind of <gasps> yeah, and then suddenly we're in sixteen sixty six yeah, and Dina is looking back. Well, once she's reunited the body, yeah. So it'll, I think I think you know because we're just we're going to order a little bit of pizza and then we're going to watch sixteen sixty six and sweat our balls and sweat our balls off. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, we're both just be sat hanging brain just, yeah. <laughs> just in our vest. <laughs> um, I mean, Robbie's got a vest on and I keep seeing nipples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. little nips keeps popping out. Yeah, at least <laughs> just one. You always gonna have one showing. Um, it's the classy thing. To do. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how you know if there's any time jumps or. It'd just be. I, I'm, I just I'm want actually, to know it, the end yeah. of Sarah. I want to know Sarah Freer's story. story. The other nice thing is that they use the, the same, same cat actors. Yeah, so all the actors are taking on different roles in this one. So where where Dina is technically in Sarah Freer's body, it seems where we, yeah, we see we see a different face in the yeah. reflection, and then we see Dina's face. Um, all the other style. ones are all like Tommy seems to be a completely different, like and very yeah. different. Like everyone I spotted, Kate I spotted, like yeah. all of the characters are now back for, which is nice. It's nice to think that this is like it's the same town, same could be ancestors, could be could, anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't know. But either way, it's nice that we're kind of already got a kind of connection to the actors that yeah. are playing it instead of being like, right, we're now in sixty six six, all brand new characters. It makes it feel full circle a little bit. Yeah. And I, I hope I feel the same way when we get to the yeah. end. <laughs> I guess we're going to find out very, very, very soon. shortly. Um, I think that that is it for uh, this week's podcast. Um, we definitely got a nice amount, I think, out of these uh, these episodes so far. So we're both very excited. So I'll go over to Bobby for the uh, little socials. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, if you want to get involved in the conversation, come and let us know what you thought about Fear Street 1978. And Fear Street as a trilogy. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, then make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get uh, episodes as soon as they're released. And leave us a lovely review. That always helps. And we shall see you next week. Goodbye.